Hi, this is Ryan. Welcome to Bible on the Beach. Today we'll be in Acts chapter 23, verses 1 through 11. You know, my focus since the beginning at Bible on the Beach has always been disciples making disciples, uh, churches planting churches. Uh, we started three years ago with a very simple approach. Our churches have roughly a few people to 40 people. We revolve mostly around food and the Holy Spirit and pooling our resources to help people get water and plant churches uh, in, in marginalized areas. Now, this simple approach has yielded some good results. Uh, we now have uh, 22 churches in five countries that have produced 6,609 uh, liters of water. So thanks for following along. Every time we look in God's word, I believe God will give us the eyes to see, the ears to hear, the heart to feel what it is that he wants to say to us today because God is always talking to us if we slow down long enough uh, to listen. So today, <clears throat> let's look at Acts chapter 23 and we'll see Paul give his response uh, to, to the people that he was brought in front of. He was falsely accused of uh, and faced hardship, faced difficulty. He's now on trial. We talked yesterday in Bible on the Beach about how oftentimes difficult situations are a setup for the next thing that God wants to use you for. So this is exactly what happens in Paul's life here. Verse 23, chapter 23, verse 1 says, Paul fixed his eyes on the members of the council and said, Brothers, up to this day, I have lived my life before God with the perfectly clear conscience. It doesn't say he lived a perfectly clear path or an easy path. He had a very, he had, Paul faced enormous hardship, <clears throat> enormous suffering, and enormous difficulty in his life, but he didn't keep, he didn't let that keep him from persevering becoming the person that God wanted him to be with his life. Let me ask you a question. Are you living with the clear conscience before God in your life? You know, God gives us a conscience for a reason. Um, and oftentimes you can just slow down and pray and say, hey, God, what do you want me to do next? And he'll show you. And then we're accountable to the thing that he puts on our heart or the thought that he puts on our mind to go and follow up on that. That's called having a clear conscience uh, before God. So, Verse 2 says, At that moment, Ananias, the high priest, ordered those standing near Paul to strike him in the mouth. <clears throat> Paul responded, God is going to strike you, you corrupt pretender. For you sit here judging me according to the law, yet you broke the law when you ordered me to be struck. So Paul's not talking about the biblical law here. He's talking about the cultural law and that they weren't supposed to strike Roman citizens or judge them or persecute them until they had been found guilty. This was still a hearing. There wasn't a sentencing that had happened for him. And so Paul very astutely and very wisely out culturally maneuvers him because Paul had a deeper understanding of, of the cultural law and situation than apparently this guy did. And uh, verse four says, those standing near Paul <clears throat> said to him, how dare you insult the high priest of God? Paul answered, I had no idea <clears throat> brothers that he was the high priest for the scriptures say do not curse the ruler of your people so <laughs> they're getting into it here Paul stands up to speak says some things the high priest doesn't like high priest strikes him Paul then um, rebukes him and corrects him Paul then himself very humbly says hey I was in the wrong now we're going to see this situation get straightened out <clears throat> verse 6 just then Paul realized they were part of the Council of Sadducees um, 
who deny the resurrection of the dead and others were of the separated ones. So he shouted, my fellow Jews, I'm a separated one and the son of a separated one. That's why I'm on trial here. It's because of the hope I have that the dead will rise to live again. So what Paul did here was he very wisely and astutely used the leverage that he had. The leverage that he had was that he split the crowd down the middle because in that moment he knew that half the crowd on his side would be better than no crowd on his side. That's what he does here. He sides, he sides, he sides not with the Sadducees, but with those who believe in the resurrection. So when he said this, a heated, a heated argument started among them, dividing the council between the Sadducees and the separated ones. Paul knew that the Sadducees teach there is no resurrection and do not believe in angels or spirits, but the separated ones believe in them all. This sparked an even greater uproar among them. So Paul shifts the focus from himself to the two groups of people in the crowd to get them to fight and argue with each other. It sort of gives him a little bit of breathing room in the situation that he finds himself in. Now, finally, now for those who doubt Paul's intelligence, his emotional IQ, his social intelligence, and his cultural strategery, you don't need to look any farther than this situation here. Paul masterfully navigates this situation. Let me ask you a question. What situation in your life are you facing right now where you need God's wisdom for you to masterfully navigate it? If you ask God, he'll show you and he'll help you make that, make those wise decisions. Now, finally, some of the separated ones who were religious scholars stood up and protested strongly saying, we find nothing wrong with this man. It could be that the spirit has spoken to him or an angel came to him. When the shouting match became intense, the commander, fearing they would tear Paul to pieces, intervened and ordered his soldiers to go into their meeting and seize them and take him back to his headquarters. So Paul comes in here getting pushed around, getting struck, divides the crowd down the middle. They start arguing with each other, which ironically ensures Paul's safety. This is a hilarious moment in the New Testament. Now, verse 11, that night our Lord appeared to Paul and stood before him and said, receive miracle power for just as you have spoken for me in Jerusalem, you will also speak for me in Rome. Now, again and again, we see that Paul had great success and he had great suffering. Paul was able to do this because Paul didn't care what people thought. Let me do you a favor. You shouldn't care what anybody thinks. You shouldn't care what I think. You shouldn't care what you think. You should. You certainly shouldn't care what your friends think. You should simply care what God thinks. Because God is the only one who understands why we do what we do and for what reasons. So we live literally for an audience of one. Not everyone's gonna like you. They didn't like Paul. Not everyone's gonna like me. They didn't like Paul. What you can live with every day is the peace you have in your heart, knowing that you're following God, you're being faithful to your calling, and knowing that when you close your eyes, you're at peace with what God wants to do in and through your life. That's what I try to do every day. God put it on my heart to come down here and teach the Bible at the beach as much as I'm able to. And so I stick to that calling. And uh, I'm thankful that God gives me the peace and the power and the grace uh, to do it. 
I want to encourage you, stay faithful to the calling that God has for you. Uh, stay in it. Persevere. Uh, God is with you, just like he was with Paul through all of his situations. And you'll find that God is always creatively getting you out of the difficulty that you find yourself in. Dad, I hope this is encouraging today. Until next time at Bible on the Beach, I hope you're blessed, and I hope you have a beautiful day. Take care.